0: Welcome to Beyond the Donation, a podcast powered by DonorDoc. Our goal is to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies to further your fundraising and to teach you how to build your best donor relationships beyond their donation. Now on to the show with your host, Matt Bitsagay. Hello, and thanks for joining us today. My name is Matt Bitsagay. I'm your host, and joining me on Beyond the Donation today is Anna Larson from CCRI in Moorhead, Minnesota. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, when we were thinking about guests that we wanted to invite on, you were at the top of our list. Um, You guys at CCRI were our first paying customer back in June of 2018. So going on five years now, and we thought, what a great way to kick off this podcast uh, by having on really the the customer that made us into a real company. So thank you so much for that and for being with us over these last four and a half years. Why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about yourself and about CCRI for those of our listeners who maybe aren't aware or don't know about uh, what you guys do.
1: Sure. My name is Anna and I am the Development and Communications Director at CCRI. I have been in this current role for about four months. Um, But I have been in our development department for about nine years, and I've been at CCRI as a whole for almost 17. So I have worked in this industry for quite some time and have worked with the donations and um, fundraising department for quite some time as well. CCRI provides services to people with disabilities on the Minnesota side of the river. So we support people in both Clay and Wilkin County. We support 450 people. Who need um, everyday supports, maybe mental health, housing supports? Um, we have a we have five different programs where we provide all kinds of different services for people who have some sort of mental illness or disability and um, need assistance in some in some part of their life.
0: Well, that's fantastic. So, how many just to be able to serve that many people? How many team members does CCRI have just overall? We have
1: four hundred and seventy five or we have 550 team members. Okay. 475 of them are direct care caregivers that work out in the community with people we support. And then approximately 75 are case managers and administrative staff.
0: Wow. Okay, great. And then, so how big is the fundraising team at CCRI?
1: There are four of us and the four of us are not, none of us are hundred percent dedicated to fundraising. So, okay. We are we are doing a lot of other things, wearing a lot of other hats at the same time. But there are four of us in our department in the development and communications department.
0: Okay, which you know I think we see that a lot across our customer base, where um, you may have multiple people that have some part in fundraising, but uh, you know may also, like you said, wear a lot of different hats. And so uh, I think that probably resonates with a lot of our with a lot of our listeners for sure. So. Well, you guys are doing great work. Um, We've always been really proud to, you know, to be able to serve you um, as we do. But, uh, you know, I I saw recently um, that you had your Tablescapes event, and I've always thought this was a really good event. Um, You know, we're kind of in that event season right now, the fall time frame. Um, You know, one thing that I've noticed, well, first of all, maybe just tell us a little bit about what Tablescapes is. Uh, And how long you've been doing that within uh, at CCRI?
1: Tablescapes is our annual fundraiser that you could equate to our gala. Uh, We are not super fancy, so we don't like to call it a gala, but it it really is our gala. So every year we have, we've been doing it since 2014, I guess. The first one was in 2014. We had nine tables and we have people come in and decorate those tables. They can pick whatever theme that they would like. They are just volunteers from the community. They don't have any um, special set of, of talents or you know, have to be an interior designer, but they are creative, they are excited, they love our mission and they put together amazing tables for the event. We went from nine tables in 2014, we've grown it to 30 tables, 31 tables I believe we had this year, and the tables are all interesting and unique and different from each other and it is just the perfect metaphor for the people we support because the people we support all have different needs and different need different services or different types of supports and um that is exactly where that where we we, why we love that event so much because it's just perfectly matches what we do the people that design the tables then either will invite their friends and fill their table or we just sell tickets to people in the community who want to come and they come and learn about a project that we have going on. Uh, we have a silent auction and we always do some sort of other. This year we did our first heads and tails, which is really fun and interactive for everyone to take participate in. Um, and we also have other things at that going on. So it's a really, really fun
0: evening. Well, that sounds really good. So uh, obviously sounds like it was really successful for you here this year. Um, now, had you taken some, were you not able to do it, uh, you know, during COVID? Is this the first time back since COVID or second one back?
1: This is our second one back, but we were very scaled back in 2021 because 2021 was we were ramping it was a COVID ramp up in the community. So there um or an uptick in the community. So they this is the first year we've been back in person at full capacity. The last last year was hybrid and then in 2020 was virtual.
0: Okay. And I I would assume, you know, just curious, did you guys see um, was it as successful the years where you had to do virtual and hybrid as it is when it's in person? It really
1: was. was we it? had not done a silent auction as part of the event until COVID, until okay. 2020. And so the virtual one was our first online auction or our silent auction with it. And we found we really were able to engage a lot of people that didn't come to the event. And so that is one of the takeaways we brought through into this first year that we did it just in person. And we're back at full capacity. And we still, again, saw a big jump in the number of people that were able to participate in that auction. That wouldn't have come to the event, or don't live in the area, or for whatever reason weren't it wouldn't have been in person. So it was really fun to engage another set of people with the same event in that way.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. So what a great idea to take something that you learned from the adversity of COVID and then kind of incorporate that into the event this year, and really be able to leverage something different in a way to increase your reach with the event. That's really great idea. So. One of the things I've always thought about your events, um, you guys do a really good job of connecting the event with the impact that you're having. And so I, I think back to a few years ago, I remember you your event was focused around fundraising to build a, a home for four gentlemen. Um, I think you've kind of done a theme like that most of the years that you've done it. And I think that that really resonates maybe with people who are coming to the event. So, my big question is with all the good work that you guys are doing, like, how do you come up with which thing to focus on for a specific event for that year?
1: That is a a big team effort. We sit down with our director team and and talk about the things that we, we dream. So, if we start with dreaming, what are the things that we could do if we had more money? What are the things that we could do? without additional funding and out of that comes some things that we have big dreams of and sometimes a lot of times out of that event comes some necessity things and things that we really need to do um, and we need to make happen and so we take those things that we need to make happen back burner the things that are the big dreams and and pick one of those causes and so the last you know we were referencing 2018 was our build for the guys campaign we built a house for four gentlemen who had stairs in their home and would have had to have been split up and they had lived together for 10 plus years. And we just couldn't do that. Because imagine if you lived with your family and all of a sudden one person in your family couldn't live in the home that you live in, you wouldn't kick them out and put them in a different home. And so we we just couldn't break up that family. And so we, we built the house, the community built the house, fully accessible, and it really helped um, them become a. Closer knit family, and it also helped one of the gentlemen in the home stay there until his final days. And so, without that, he wouldn't have been able to to be in his home at the end of his life with his family and with his caregivers that he that he thought of as his family and with his actual family who was also there. Um, the The this house that they were in would not have been set up for that. And so, it was wonderful to see that come out come into fruition as the dream that we had dreamed when we needed to build them a home.
0: What a yeah what a powerful thing and I think people really rally around those types of things and and feel it's really compelling when you can really understand as a donor um where what impact your contribution is having and I just think you guys have done a really nice job with that so kudos to you for that um so you get done with this big event you know you had how many attendees do you have actually live at the event 250 250. And so you get done with this, you've had your 250 people live, you've had the different things going on at the event where you're raising money in different ways. You have obviously this year, you mentioned you've got the silent auction. So people who aren't necessarily even there. So now you get back to your desk after that event. And I know how that goes. You, There's a lot of um, stress and excitement, and all the things that go into putting the event on. You are on a high at the event. You're there. You finally get to it. Now you get back to your desk that next workday, and you say, "Okay, now what?" Uh, so maybe talk to us a little bit about you know what the types of things you're doing post event to try and make sure that you're following up with the right people and in the right ways, uh, you know, to make sure that next year, when it comes time again, these people are willing or, or want to, you know, be a part of that again.
1: Yeah. So first steps, we came back and made a list of the people who donated to do a fund and need auction, And we looked at that list of people who donated for the fund and need. We passed out those names to our volunteer board members who made a bunch of thank you calls. We made some thank you calls. Um, Got those taken care of right away. And then we also really pride ourselves on doing handwritten thank you notes to our donors just because we want everyone to have that personal touch. And so we did that. And that was a very big team effort, Um, getting those out the door. And we like to have those out as quickly as we can. So we got all those written. Um, We also had to obviously print, you know, receipts or get receipts emailed out and all that kind of stuff, too. So all that happened right away. Um, and then we also did, you know, all our follow up meetings and what can we do better next, next year. What are the notes we need to make sure we take? Um, all that had to happen, and then we got everything entered into donor Doc, So, all right.
0: And so, is your, uh, is it your? You mentioned there's four of you that kind of deal with fundraising. Are you also the event planners for the event? Like, is it that same group of people?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Our team is myself. We have a communications coordinator. Um, He does a lot of our graphic design. He does a lot of different things for everyone in our agency as far as communication goes. We have a marketing manager who does also some graphic design, also some event planning, also all of our marketing. (laughs) And then we have a volunteer coordinator who also helps with the event planning and getting people in the the door for helping with those events, too. So, yeah, we all kind of have our hands in the event planning piece of it.
0: But nobody is strictly just doing event planning. It's something that's a part. It's it's in addition to all your other roles that you all all play. Yeah. Yes, so, we all have
1: a role outside of our department. Yeah. Agency wide, right? Yeah. If like we all do something else to help the agency as a whole.
0: Well, I'm a huge believer in like the one to one type of engagement. So you mentioned, you know, you're making phone calls, you're sending out handwritten uh, thank you notes do you leverage volunteers or board members to help write those thank you notes? Or do you guys, is it just the four of you that are doing that? The four of us?
1: Um, yeah, I would say it's a couple of us. I do a lot of them. Our executive director does a lot of them. Um, and then the people on our team pick up other ones as well. Again, the people that we have those, relationships, those personal relationships with already, um, we try to split the list up kind of that way. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we also utilize our board. They do a really great job with making thank you calls and and volunteering to do those calls, and that's great for that as well.
0: Yeah, it's always helpful when you have a board who's willing to help out with some of those things. And I know some organizations are super lucky that way. Um, Others, I think, you know, are struggle in that area. So, um, and then I suppose you do this silent auction. You have to fulfill. You got to send out the things, or do they come pick them up? Like, what's the process for all the things people have? Uh, you know, bid on and, and won in the silent auction?
1: Yeah, people that were there at the event to pick them up at the end of the night. Okay. And then we had a pickup day at our office the next day. Usually takes a couple, you know, a few, couple, few days for people to get to get in and get their stuff. And then, um, yeah, we have to contact the people that didn't. And, and that's usually, I think this year we had three. So okay. it's not, we don't have a big, um, like a lot of work after, I guess, for people that didn't pick stuff up, everyone was really great at getting their stuff right away.
0: So. And, and I'm a big, you know, I love technology. I love how it can help uh, nonprofits. So uh, for putting on the event, uh, you guys are one causes who you've used for that. Is that correct? Or
1: you used good giving this year?
0: You did? Yeah. Okay, sounds good. And, uh, but you've been at one causes event, I believe you maybe had let me know when you were down there in the fall
1: yeah we went to one cause was a really great fundraising event um yeah. conference in september so this was the first year at, because of COVID we went in person but it was really fun and yeah. they do a really great job with that
0: yeah event. yeah we are uh about ready to launch our native integration to one cause with donor Doc, so i'm i'm excited about that one i think they take really good care of customers and do a nice job so good to go cool so uh sounds like the event was a success congratulations on that i'm i'm glad i'm sure it's a relief to have it done and also have have had it gone well so um so let's shift focus a little bit on man there's all sorts of things going on we could choose from uh you know something i'm hearing a lot are People are really concerned about inflation, about the economy, and what impacts that might have on fundraising. You know, later this year, as we get into end of year, uh, or rolling into next year, um, you know, I'm curious. Like, are you seeing so far any impacts of that kind of stuff for you guys? Or
1: not really, um, not yet. We've had uh, we had a really great turnout for our Tablescapes event. We did not have very many donors that gave less than previous years Um, so that was really really wonderful to see Um, and we haven't seen a huge drop in our in our regular mail-in type donations Um, but we know that that's you know we plan for that so we know we know that that's probably coming um, as we're budgeting we're kind of taking that into account as we're looking toward end of year end giving and into next year we, we we imagine that that will probably start to play come into play a little bit more
0: Yeah. And how outside of, you know, let's say individual and corporate giving uh, is part of your budget made up through grants and things like that as well?
1: Yeah, a small part of it is grants. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity for those grants. We have not fully jumped into that yet. Um, You know, some of the the common ones that we know about, we, we apply for, and we receive, you know, when we receive those, that, that helps a lot. Um, But we haven't really budgeted a big part of our budget toward that. And that is definitely something that we look into as we are all the time looking into, I guess, what is out there and what is what would be applicable and how those grants can kind of offset that a little bit.
0: Yeah. Well, my hope for the rest of this year and for 23, you know, I, I think in a lot of cases, um, you know, donors, that are really engaged with an organization and are really committed to uh, supporting that organization will continue to do that even through tougher times. Uh, I think where you start to run into challenges are the, you know, the people who maybe have just given one time or, and you, you know, you're working to try and retain them, but you know, that may be a bigger challenge, but my hope for 23 uh, and the rest of this year is that um you know these things that we're seeing start to kind of ease up a little bit and um and that you know people can kind of get back to normal to some degree. We've had what a crazy few years we've had really i mean you think about covid and then uh into kind of some economic uncertainty and I think you know but we're optimistic that uh that things will continue to kind of improve and get better so
1: and I think that's really evident through covid when when covid started and we were really worried about that donation base and what that was going to look like as we went into this pandemic we saw the complete opposite we saw people rally together more than they ever had and our events were just as successful if not more during that time and so I think you know it's I think that's absolutely right people are going to support the organizations that they want to support and they care about and they try to do that even when times are are a little harder
0: yeah you you know we're coming up here so I'm always interested for, you know, you guys happen to be a local organization and we have customers all over the country, but being local here, I happen to know a lot about obviously the the fundraising things that go on locally. And so we've got uh, a large regional giving day in in February um, called Giving Hearts Day that I know you guys take part in. Um, And now you've got things like Giving Tuesday nationally coming up here at the end of the month. And then you've got end of year giving coming up shortly after that. And then you turn around and regionally here, we have the the Giving Hearts Day stuff in February. How do you guys manage, you know, not oversaturating donors with all these different things that you might be looking to appeal to them through? Do you choose to take part in certain ones and not in others? Like, how how do you guys manage that?
1: Yeah, we look at where we have the most success and where our donors are coming from. So If we have donors, so Give to the Max Day is another regional giving day that's happening in Minnesota, coming up here in November. And so for Give to the Max Day, we do, you know, a little bit of social stuff and we we communicate with the people who have given to us on Give to the Max before. uh, But we don't do as much large scale communication about that. Giving Hearts Day, the bulk of our donor base donates on Giving Hearts Day. And so we do a, a lot more broad communication um, to everyone type things uh, for that. So we just kind of look at what people are going to want for their communication, what they've shown us, they've cared about and kind of market or communicate with them that way. And again, yes, picking and choosing what has been most successful for us and what, what hasn't been as much. So we're not spending all our time and efforts on something that isn't going to be very fruitful.
0: What a great strategy. And I think one that really kind of hammers home that idea that without data to tell you those things you're kind of you know it's you're just making guesses and and I think you can waste a lot of time and resources on making guesses so that's sure. I think that's a really good takeaway for our listeners because I think you're seeing this more where regional giving days are popping up all over the country and and then people are trying to figure out like okay so I've got these national things. I've got these regional things. I've got these kind of natural things that drive giving like the end of the year. And how do I manage all of them? And what a great tip for people is see where people are giving to you. Focus on those. uh, Use your data to try and target your appeals based on how somebody maybe has given to you in the past. Uh, All really good tips, I think, for people. So um, anything you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, I was just going to say that with, with donor doc, it's really easy to run those reports too. And so it's easy for us to see who's given at year end before, who maybe hasn't given this year and would want to give before the end of the year. Um, Running, running, giving summaries at the end of the year is so simple through giving that through donor doc. And so it's easy to get those out to people so that they can see, oh, I haven't given this year or, oh, I would have given, I should you know, normally have given more or whatever that looks like for people. And so that, that data is really key to being able to segment that for the people that want. So you're not inundating people with stuff they don't want to see.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'd love to hear that. And I think, you know, regardless of what people's uh, system they're using, I think the, the underlying nugget of, of uh, truth there is that data really helps you make better decisions on where to put your time and resources. And so keeping good data, and, and being good stewards of data is, I think, really important for modern nonprofits. Um, take a few minutes and tell our listeners how they can find out more about what you guys do at CCRI and how to support you if they're interested in the, doing that, because you you do have such a great mission. I think it's worth kind of telling people how to find you guys. Absolutely. We are. Um,
1: we have a website at CCRImorehead.org, and it's C C R I M O O R H E A D dot org. We also are out on Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and Instagram, and their social media channels are a really great place to see the, the current um, up to date needs. We do a lot of posting for, I mean, obviously, monetary gifts are always very much appreciated and needed throughout the year. We also do some postings on non monetary gifts that we might be in need of. So, you know, this week, I believe they were posting that we needed some of our people we support needed toilet paper and laundry detergent and hand soap and paper towels, I think it was. And so those donations have been coming in this week from people shipping them from Amazon or dropping them off at the front door. And so it's really great to see the support of our um, community, both locally and beyond that follow us on social, that are, are able to participate in those types of drives and fundraisers as well. Awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, And we what we'll do is we'll make sure to add those links to the show notes for this episode so that our listeners can find more information. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here, and we're going to try and end most of our episodes uh, with giving, just trying to give our listeners some kind of tip or tool or idea that you might be able to share with them to help them build better relationships with their donors beyond the donation. So, do you have any tips or tricks or thoughts, ideas, life hacks that you can share with our listeners on uh, building better donation or better relationships with donors?
1: I think that the personal touch piece is. So very important. So whether it's picking up the phone, thanking them for their gift, explaining what their gift has done, showing that impact. Um, If it's a big project, you know, like last year our tablescapes cause was a home for a gal who needed some really unique features to keep her safe. And now we're finishing up that house, and so now we're starting the you know, hey, come out and see it. We're going to give you a tour type of thing. Um, But even if it's not a big project like that, what what other impact has it had? How many more people have been able to help? how have the people that you've helped benefited from the fact that the community is supporting them and just making sure people know that they just want, they, they want to know, they want that personal connection and they want to know if they're doing something good with their dollars, because we've like said it, we're in t- hard times right now. And so for a lot of people, that is very hard earned money that they are, they are parting with for a cause that they care deeply about and they want to know what that impact is going to be.
0: So yeah, such great advice. I, I could not agree with you more. I think, um, Sometimes the the personal aspect of it can be difficult just in terms of finding the time to do it, but it is so meaningful to people. And uh, I agree with you 100%. uh, Definitely a great tip there. Anna, you're fantastic. Uh, I I think CCRI does such great work and you and your team do such great work. Uh, I just want to thank you for taking some time out to join me on Beyond the Donation. Thank you for being our first paying customer at DonorDoc. Thank you for all the great work that you do. Uh, And please, if you get a chance, uh, listeners, check out CCRI and what they're doing. Um, And hopefully you found some good information from the podcast today uh, and from somebody so, uh, so great as Anna. So thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you. Thank you.
0: All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thank you for joining us
1: for this episode of the Beyond the Donation podcast. We're grateful you tuned in today.
0: For more information about our guests and to view the show notes, resources, and links from today's show, head over to beyondthedonation.com. Here's to furthering your mission and driving more impact. Beyond the Donation.